This one's about cars. Cars, 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 cars. Boy, did we have a lot of experience in cars this summer because we were in our country of origin uh, where uh, it is a car country. And to get from A to B, from B to C, from uh, C to Z, one needs an automobile. Did you say Z because you're really a Canadian? I'm trying to um, (laughs) sow seeds of doubt in our lovely audience. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, so we drove. I estimate we drove over 7,000 kilometers. Wow. Um, That's a lot of kilometers. That's a lot of kilometers, yeah. Over Overall, in several different states, um, provinces, uh, and the like. <laughs> you know, uh, I, this brings to mind, uh, speaking of uh, foreigners in, in the states, um, many, many years ago, I was in a graduate classroom in which two non-natives of the United States of America were comparing notes on what it was like for them in their first semester living there. And I remember the one saying to the other, I don't know why they call America a free country, because if you don't have a car, you can't do anything. And of course, being um, a person who had been trained for whatever reason to regard American freedom very highly, I took umbrage at this complete missing of the point because I have freedom of speech and freedom of religion or anyone who's And freedom of movement. You can go wherever you want. Yes. And I just thought this was like the most bizarrely irrelevant comment ever. And yet, as so often is the case, the outsider sees more clearly. (laughs) And now I realize, uh, yes, in order to be free in America, you do have to have a car in so many places and in so many ways. Yeah, yeah, I call it the $8,000 car tax. Yeah, exactly. In fact, that is actually not completely off the mark because in America, in order to fully participate in society, uh, one needs to have an automobile. And the average price of an automobile uh, to buy lease, run, insure, license, etc., is $8,000 a year. Now, not everybody needs to pay that much. I remember tabulating it when we were young and um, poorer and had a car that somebody gave us. It cost us only $3,000 a year. But for a car that was given to us, for which we paid the absolute minimum in insurance, in liability insurance, it was, I think it was $30 a month or even less than that, um, it still cost us three grand a year. So mm-hmm. it's the car tax that one must pay. And in I should, and we should say we weren't even commuting. No, we it weren't commuting. We were that. driving less than a thousand miles a month, which yeah. for America is not that much. And that was when gas was way cheap. Yeah, it was like you know, you <laughs> know, it was it was like uh, under, uh, you know, thirty cents a liter. Yeah, not like in twenty twenty two. Yes. All right. Thanks for that uh, great introduction to the metric system, there, Mister. <laughs> Well, anyway, so what we're going to be talking about is actually not the lack of car freedom related to its cost or the difficulty of getting around without one, which are worthy topics in and of their own right. Um, But even so, or the fact that you have to have insurance and have to have a driver's license and that's government regulated. And again, there's a certain kind of sense to that. Um, But we're going to talk about other ways in which driving a car does not leave you very free or um, unsurveilled, which is is the recurring theme here. Uh, Right. So for... um... Um, for as an example, um, we were uh, driving across the country, and um, we had borrowed uh, my brother's car. Um, he had very generously loaned it to us. Uh, it's a nice car, nice for doing road trips, pretty efficient, um, and very high tech. It had this adaptive cruise control, mm. which f- which allows you to follow a car um, without having to constantly take the cruise control on and off. It actually adapts the speed. And to, for me, that's probably going to sound like 
Oh, you old man. <laughs> this is <laughs> that's so rudimentary. But actually, it's the first time I had driven a long distance with such a feature, and it was quite nice. And it also warns you, kind of annoyingly sometimes, especially when you're on a very narrow road that you're going out of your lane. Um, anyway, it was a nice car, and I'm, I'm very thankful to my to my brother for for lending it to us. Um, and um, I knew that it was a pretty smart car, and um, I suspected that we were being tracked all along, but um, I got a uh, text uh, sometime from uh, my dad, who also has the uh, audio, auto manufacturer's app on his uh, smartphone. For and the same car. For the same car, and signed in with the proper key, and said, I see you're in, I see you're in uh, so in such a city. I hope you're having a good time. <laughs> right. So the app informed him exactly of where his car yeah, it was. Yeah, it saw precisely where the car was parked. Yes, yes. It didn't say such and such a city. It said exactly the city that we were in. Not only the city, but it said uh, the driveway that we were in. To be Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very, very well, of precise. Course. I mean, like... It's got a GPS in it. Why not go all the way? Right. Yeah, and it's connected to, uh, through some uh, contract, I'm sure, the manufacturer has with the uh, the cellular phone companies. It's right. constantly connecting to the servers and sending data. Now, some of it diagnostic, but others uh, behavioral. Right. Um, so I remember at one point we were, you were driving, and it was an interstate... And people were going very fast. And I was going fast along with him. Yeah, I think maybe you ran a little faster than some other people. You were, But I was going slower than quite a lot of other people. <laughs> you have no idea how fast I wasn't going compared <laughs> to how much I wanted to. Let's just say you were going a number that does not appear on any speed limit sign. Right. You were above that. I was above that, yeah. And I was noticing, and um, I, I think I mentioned something once or twice, but I think what finally got through to you is when I said, do you think that the insurance is probably tracking through the smart car features how fast you're going at every moment? And you were like, probably, probably <laughs> at that point you slowed down. <laughs> yeah. Because I didn't want to stick my brother with a higher insurance rate because of my, uh, um, uh, ag aggressive and, uh, wanton disregard. Even if it's safety. what everybody else was doing. So again, like, and you can totally see that this is the terrible set of choices that this kind of surveillance puts us into. Like, well, there are a lot of car accidents in America every year. It's much more dangerous than terrorism or COVID. And so, and a lot of that comes from people driving too fast and recklessly, or for that matter, drinking and driving. So isn't it great now that they can tell every time that you buy alcohol because you scan your driver's license, referring back to our previous episode, and they can see exactly how fast you're driving and so you can be you know disciplined accordingly what's to object to that yeah well i mean you get lower uh, rates on your insurance which is one of the reasons uh, main reasons that this kind of data is used for at, at the moment um they if you consent um uh to being tracked in such a way by whatever app or data stream that you're creating um you will get a lower insurance rate right because what you're also doing is creating a normalized society for tracking everybody's physical movements. Well, I'm sure at they say times. things like this. Well, we'll disaggregate the data. We won't have location data. We'll just have, you know, information about how fast and this your speed, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, there's all, there are, in fact, I mean, I, let's give the devil his due. Uh, they never give the devil his due. He doesn't do a damn thing. Uh, there are ways of collecting this kind of data that are reasonably safe and um, not tied to your location. But you, again, as the driver or as the consumer, you're placing a one all of your trust into in a box into which you cannot see the innards. Yeah, 
which right. I just think is un- an unwarranted bet. Well, I mean, it's what we're doing all the time, though. I mean, that's one of the issues around privacy and security in this modern age is we just can't see what's going on. We yeah. don't understand. And in fact, even the makers of one particular application who make an app for uh, the iPhone or for the Android phone, like they don't know what the app is doing because they're using plugins that do this and that do that. And um, the operating system has its own kind of controls and its own sort of data that it's producing. And and um, the telephone networks have their own databases and um, et cetera, et cetera. There, there's just a cascading set of data that's being produced. And I think um, it, it's safe to say that we just don't know all that we're producing all the time. And yeah. that is, it makes us, and I think necessitates a great deal of skepticism as well as um, distrust of these systems because we just don't know what's going on. Exactly. So along those lines, another case in my, you know, ever growing um, distrust and paranoia and suspicion, we discovered how nice it was if you could um, attach your smartphone to the car's audio system so that you could actually hear your podcast properly and not the kind of rumble that's muted out by the sound of the engine because of the best, better audio system. But then we started noticing that it remembers your iPhone connection, of course, because you wouldn't want to well, reconnect yeah, it, has it every to. I mean, time. it has to. It's making, it's remembering a Bluetooth connection. Right. And also, though, that every time we got in the car and turned it on, it immediately started playing whatever podcast was queued up. It, yeah. You know, it didn't even prompt you. It just started going right away. That's just a bad user design because it just shouldn't do that without you telling it to do it. But yes. maybe, maybe, maybe they've determined in all the data streams that uh, 90 or 87% of consumers prefer this. So, Or maybe you can program it and we didn't want to go reprogramming your brother's car. But then it made me think, okay, if it's collecting all this other data and saying exactly what driveway we're in in Ozark, Arkansas, or whatever, like, how do I know it's not listed, like, absorbing all the data about my podcast player like how do i know it isn't collecting information about what i'm listening yeah, and to uploading it. no we, we actually don't we're in fact we have no idea how much of the phone it can and will upload yeah well they're certainly not forthright about what um what's going on or what isn't going on i mean there are po- privacy policies and clearer indications of this are beginning to be rolled out uh, i think the iphone and apple are being um proactive here compared to other systems trying to say this app will share this data and it has access to this and you can turn off things um, in various places. But in fact, it requires a fair amount of effort. And you have to be, as we're risking to become, kind of antisocial and a bit of a paranoid jerk in order to not uh, consent immediately to all of this very convenient um, tracking, which pr- provides a nice user experience at the expense of your um Autonomy. I think it was seeing on those like firewall and lockdown, not economic lockdown, like the app on the phone lockdown right. about like shows you how many other sites are being contacted and yeah. how many places are tracking and absorbing data from you. Right. Like it just happens on a staggering scale. And so that's I mean, that's why I'm maybe being excessively paranoid. But I think it's borne out by just the. I think that's that's really the point here. The number of processes that are possible mm-hmm. and are happening and then the economic advantage gained from tracking them and potentially down the road, the social and political advantage from tracking these things is so enormous. Human beings do not have a good track record historically of resisting temptations like this. No, and I think um, one has to legitimately distinguish the the engineer uh, from the social engineer. (laughs) And uh, the engineer uh, in me uh, understands that when you create a product, you want feedback. 
you want information to be coming in from the users. Uh, you want to have some amount of reporting if there's a problem that goes wrong. Um, um, so a lot of these things are tracking in that way and are extremely useful for creating a, a useful application that has fewer hiccups and fewer problems, this kind of reporting that can exist. That doesn't, I'm not saying you can't do it other ways, but there are legitimate technical reasons for doing some of the reporting that you see being blocked by this. But a lot of it is just blatant advertising, and that's the social engineering part of it. And um, that um, can be, if you're careful, be blocked by various things. But again, we're, we're connecting our phone now to the car, and we're trusting um, that the car will not abuse that connection. Now, we're also trusting that the operating system that we're using on the phone knows that this is an untrustworthy device and we only transmit this sort of information to it. So, But we're putting a lot of trust in things that we don't know. Yeah. Um, Let's talk navigation now. Right. So uh, as everybody um, probably experiences and uses, uh, Google is just good. They Google do, Maps, you Google mean. Maps. And their uh, subsidiary company, Waze, um, uh, in the U.S. Um, and other places is very good because it it is, when you're logged in, it is transmitting information about your progress, how fast you're going, whether you're slowing down. It's uploading all that and using it to... Um, uh, using it to, to tell you where the slowdowns are and where the other possibilities uh, lie. So um, those are extremely convenient and allow you to get around traffic jams and uh, find alternate routes, etc. Even allows you to report incidents. Um, and it's extremely convenient and very, very effective. So what's wrong with it? Andre? Well, it's also you're, it's also tracking you all the time, and again, you're just putting a lot of trust in Google or Apple or any other uh, application uh, that is to which you're uploading data using a unique identifier that they're not going to use that against you. So, uh, folks may not realize this: if you have, for example, an iPhone, hmm. you have this thing called location services. It is default on all the time unless you choose to shut it off. Right. And the reason you leave it on is because that way your weather app where it tells you the weather where you live and Google Maps automatically goes from where you are to where you want to go and everything. Or but the um, they'll sell you on this too, the um, uh, find my iPhone feature, mm -hmm. which allows you to um, locate your where your phone is if you've lost it or if you figure that it's stolen or um, maybe your kid has uh, a phone and you can use it to locate them. Mm -hmm. um, so there, there are... Again, there are some interesting uses for this, but it is a big uh, security and privacy hole. Well, the thing is, if you always have it on, and most of you probably have it always on, that means everywhere your phone goes is being tracked and uploaded. Uh, yes. Um, well, I mean, that's not necessarily the case. It is potentially the case. Oh, come on. <laughs> and no, it's... I, I, it's I, too valuable. The whole point is that if you have it on, you're consenting to be tracked and it's too valuable not well, to even if, but even, take let's, that data. Even if you don't have it on, the cellular companies are tracking you in order. But that's they have to do it in order to get you connected to whatever the nearest tower is. Which is a secondary issue we should probably get back to at some point in the future as right. well. But, so, but, but there's this two layers. So you have both the apps on your phone that track you. And then you also have sell companies in order to give you the signal at all that track you. So basically, whether you realize it or not, your exact physical location on the planet is always being advertised to someone somewhere as long as you have a phone with you. Yes, unless you've like put it in a Faraday bag. Right. Which. Why don't you tell our listeners what a Faraday bag is in case they don't know? 
basically it's a, a tinfoil hat for your phone. <laughs> <laughs> but it blocks signals in it. Yeah, out. you know, like you have an R. If some, some of you may have an uh, RFID blocking wallet, you know, some credit cards have a proximity chip in it. You put it an NFC chip, and um, it pays quickly. Uh, what well, you can put it in a special wallet it has a little metal mesh, and that blocks the signal. So an a uh, Faraday bag is basically a bag with a few layers of metal mesh that prevent radio frequencies from going through. All right. But so the point is not that like your government stalker is following you at all times just to see what you're up to. The point is that patterns of human movement are extremely valuable metadata that can be used both to predict and ultimately to manipulate human behavior. That's what this stuff is being extracted for, not to target you personally almost ever. So that's not the kind of paranoia that we're encouraging. It's this growing just ability consciousness. I mean, to I... track all human movement, yeah. no, all just... human searches, all human decisions. That have any connection whatsoever to the internet. Right. Have you ever seen um, the very prescient movie, Enemy of the State, um, with Gene Hackman and Will Smith? A very excellent movie from the late 90s, I think. Um, uh, a lot of it is being borne out as we see various law enforcement agencies and um, other public surveillance companies being able to follow people with great precision and uh, timeliness as well, using big data uh, as well as connections and plug line ins to the telephony companies uh, to get a line on just about everybody. So um, these things are happening and you just need to be aware of it. Um, again, there are um, technical and legal solutions to some of this. Um, a lot of that is still in the works uh, and we're definitely still in the wild west here. And for the moment, every single connected device is just a, a stream of data exhaust that is being lapped up by uh, whoever can get their hands on it. Right. So you decided, because we did still need to navigate, and God forbid we buy an atlas and use paper, <laughs> you decided to leave your location services on but navigate using Apple Maps instead of Google Maps. So tell us why. Uh, well, uh, I'm trusting, uh, I'm trusting, whether correctly or incorrectly, um, um, comments made on various forums, um, probably by Apple shills, who say that they do a better job of uh, isolating any particular person at any particular point from um, uh, a partic uh, isolating that blip on the map from a particular person. Now, obviously, they need to know there is an Apple iPhone here um, and need to know if it's going fast or if it's going slow. They need to know if there is an accident here. But uh, as far as I know, Apple does take some degree, uh, make some degree of effort to uh, distinguish um, the person from the dad that, that's being gone back and forth, technically. Yeah. Now, again, if they wanted to, and if somebody plugs into it, could they know exactly where you are and track you very clearly? Yes. But um, in comparison to Google, which, in fact, is a data mining company, Apple is not so far a data mining company. So I'm putting a little bit of more, a little bit more trust in them. There are other options. Um, I've used a map, a map called Organic Maps, uh, and that for regular organic like vegetables. Yeah, organic maps. Okay. Uh, that for regular road travel, it works quite fine. It finds usually the shortest route. It knows where the tolls are, and it functions. Mm -hmm. um, it's not as good though because it doesn't have the live traffic updates. Mm. It won't route you the best way depending upon road conditions. Um, won't tell you where there are uh, issues coming up on the road the way that uh, the Apple or Google will do that. But I found this summer using Apple Maps that it worked 
um, as uh, just as fine as Google has. Didn't Apple Maps used to be notoriously bad? Yeah, the first iteration of it was really bad. Okay, but that's not the case anymore. So everybody, if you thought Apple Maps was terrible, update your your mental profile of it. It is better. And it seems like Apple, especially as Google and Facebook have come more under fire for privacy violations, is like emerging. Like that's kind of its yeah its market niche. Yeah, is being they're trying more to privacy. plug themselves now again. I'm again. a little skeptical because like I actually did believe Google at first when it said its motto was "Don't be evil," and like now I've learned like. Always assume people say the exact opposite, not people, like large entities say the opposite of what they mean. So like when Putin says that he wants to denazify Ukraine, what he actually means is I'm going to stage a fascist takeover of Ukraine. And when Google says don't be evil, it's in fact saying we're extremely evil, but we're pretending like we're not. Right. Self-deception uh, knows no bounds. Um, and again, be- between the two behemoths, um, Apple seems slightly less worse Behemoth-y. less or less bad. <laughs> um uh, and in the future, I'd like there to be other more privacy-respecting options to be viable. Um, at the moment, um, that um, probably is the case, but I have not uh, extensively tried them. And there's only so much of this I can take on at a time. And since I'm, <laughs> uh, there's already so much of me out there at the moment, I need to, um, for my own sanity and for the function of our family, to um, take these things on um, bit by bit and right. not too extremely as I am one to do. Right. Yes. Uh, the last little thing that we did is you set up a Wi-Fi relay in the car. Tell us about that. Yeah, too. it's the, a Wi-Fi router. So instead of having our phones um, beginning data, um, we used uh, a Wi-Fi hotspot, which connected to the network. Um, so there was this one degree of separation between our phones and. Um, Is the, that does that make it functionally a VPN as well? Uh, it can. This one was not a mm. VPN. Um, it was. And just a Wi-Fi um, hotspot. So what's the advantage of having it then? Uh, the advantage in this case was that um, it had a better antenna and it had um, unlimited data. Oh, because it was a subscription to something else. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it, right. it picked up a lot more um, signals and then we could function um, as if it was just a wife. Wi-Fi. I see. So, so this would be practical for people who are doing a lot of traveling but have limited download data for their travels. No, you could get a Wi-Fi hotspot. And then, of course, if you're in the car um, and you have multiple people with multiple devices, they can all connect to the hotspot. Right. Um, and then you don't have to worry about the data problems. And could you like in the, use that instead of like the we talked in a previous episode about the hotel Wi-Fi? You could just continue yes, to use that can, instead. In fact, that's what I did at one of the hotels that we stayed at. Okay. Um, also, there are newer devices, um, Wi-Fi hotspots, that do have the ability to turn on uh, a VPN on the inside, in which case uh, your traffic would be a little more sheltered from the Internet service providers, which like to use the data um, and aggregate it and sell it to advertisers. So the, those VPN, pub, uh, VPN Wi-Fi, uh, 4G, 5G Wi-Fi hotspots are becoming more available and affordable. So in the future that probably will be the easiest way to travel is just forget about um, hotels and Airbnbs and their Wi-Fi. You can just bring your own one along and it will be just as fast and um, more secure because it's yours. Okay. So I think the the tip is pretty similar to last time, but I guess more focused on cars, which is just always um, assume that your data is extremely valuable out there. So pay attention to places where your data is being absorbed and tracked and surveilled, either to um, make sure you don't speed or assess your insurance rates, or simply to uh, just um, glean more information about you that can be used for um, a company's economic advantage and not for yours. Yeah, be, be aware of that. Again, um, 
at, we're in this period of uh, adjustment and in between where the le- the laws, the legislation, the habits, the technology itself is evolving very quickly, much uh, more quickly than our own morals and institutions. And so as individuals, we need to be aware of what's going on and to take appropriate action for ourselves and for our families. Um, also, um, uh, just one more comment about the cars. Um, modern cars uh, are, it seems almost all of them have GPS built into them, and they are, in fact, um, sending data back to the manufacturer um, about all kinds of systems within the car. Some of that are legitimate engineering needs, and others, other parts of it are probably for marketing and other, other purposes or maybe undefined purposes. So uh, you should know that about modern cars. Now, it is possible and um, um, for people, for you to deactivate and even remove those GPS devices, but you probably void some warranties and um, cause problems for your insurance or whatnot. But um, that's something that you can investigate on your own at your own uh, expense and uh, responsibility. Don't you think the real answer is buy an old car, fix it up? Yeah, but that can only work for so long, right? I mean, I what, was, what was the last car year that didn't have a GPS in it? I don't know. But you know, you always see. Cool They're probably old cars right now, as as of the recording of this uh, this uh, podcast in 2022. I, I'm sure that there are uh, very nice cars available that do not have a GPS. But there's some nice old Corollas that work just fine. Probably Volvo, Volvos. Yeah, do. Get an old Corolla with a uh, 50,000 miles on it, even if it's 15 years old, it'll probably roll for many for sure. more years. For sure. All right. Okay. Roll on. Roll on. <laughs> Rock and roll.